0: Welcome to Sunday Service. It's Palm Sunday, and we're here at Ananda Village at the Temple of Light. I am Nayaswami Parvati. This is Nayaswami Pranaba, and joining us today is Sundara, who will be giving the talk. I also wanted to make a special announcement about next week, which is Easter Sunday. We'll be offering a children's Easter story at the beginning of Sunday service next week. So please uh, join us by Zoom for this special offering. And now focusing back today is Palm Sunday. And the topic for today, from Rays of the One Light, Who is this son of man? Truth is one and eternal. Realize oneness with it in your deathless self within. The following commentary is based on the teachings of Paramhansa Yogananda. On Palm Sunday, the throng joyfully acclaimed Jesus Christ as he entered Jerusalem casting palm fronds before him and singing, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. The Lord bless the King of Israel. Jesus Christ had told the people, the Son of Man must be lifted up. His reference, so we are told, was to the mode of his impending crucifixion. Some persons on that occasion had asked, Who is this son of man? Was Jesus a human being merely? Those who on Palm Sunday called him king little realized the actual nature of his kingdom. He was far more than than what they imagined. Yes, of course, he ate, drank, walked, slept, and talked like others. His consciousness, however, was centered in infinity. Yes, again, he laughed like others, but his laughter expressed divine joy, not mere merriment. Again, he wept like them, but never with human grief. The tears he shed were for the sufferings of unenlightened human beings. Never were they shed in self-pity. Jesus Christ was wakeful in God. Most people, by contrast, are asleep spiritually. How strange to reflect that less than a week from that entry into Jerusalem, so joyfully acclaimed, he would be arrested, condemned, and crucified. Such is the bitter sweetness of human existence smiles of welcome one day, insults, even persecution the next. How few realize that Christ's suffering would not be for himself, but for people's ignorance, for those who had not yet understood the deeper reality that dwelt also in them. Everyone is born trailing clouds of glory, as the poet Wordsworth put it, Even the meanest beggar has lived a story, or will eventually have lived it, more magnificent than the greatest epic ever written. In the Bhagavad Gita, this dichotomy between the son of man and the inner son of God is beautifully described. Sri Krishna, representing God in human form, reveals his true nature in infinity. In the 11th chapter of that great scripture, his chief disciple Arjuna exclaims, O infinite light, thy radiance spreading o'er the universe shines into the very darkest abyss. Thy voice overwhelms the roar of cosmic cataclysms. Lo, the myriad stars are thy diadem. Thy scepter radiates power everywhere. O immortal Brahman, Lord of all, again and again, at thy feet of infinity, I lie in prostration before thee. Thus, through Holy Scripture, God has spoken to mankind. O oh,
1: Our topic today, this morning, is who is the son of man? Yogananda very clearly gave a distinction when Jesus, throughout the Bible, at sometimes he called himself the son of man and sometimes he called himself the son of God. Paramahansa Yogananda said that when he referred to himself as the son of man, he was referring to himself his body, his personality, that part of himself that walked, that talked, that ate, that slept just like you and I. But when he referred to himself as the son of God, it was his identification with the Father, with the Christ consciousness. And so just kind of keep these distinctions in mind um, this morning um, as I go through uh, talking about the son of man versus the son of God So we're talking about Palm Sunday today, but I wanted to kind of back up a little bit, a little bit before the Palm Sunday event. And this is when Jesus, according to the Gospel of St. John, he's in the home of Lazarus. Um, Remember, Lazarus was just recently raised from the dead. He's having a supper there with Lazarus' sisters, Mary and Martha. So let's imagine that scene. Jesus is here. Lazarus is there. Lazarus was just raised from the dead. He's having a meal with the man who did it. And, but yet he's watching Jesus, his body, eating and talking normally. Imagine that, what, he, what must have been going through his head. And then you have Mary. After the meal, she takes this costly ointment, spikenard, which I read could have been you know, maybe a year's worth of, of wages. And because she had so much devotion, who she realized who this man, Jesus was, that he was far beyond just the man. She takes it and with her devotion, she just rubs it, this costly oil on his feet. And then it says that she took her hair and she just wiped the oil away. There was just so much devotion. But then what happens? Judas is there and he said, why are you wasting that oil? You could have sold that for 300 pence and gave that to the poor. And so here we have this dichotomy between the feeling of devotion that Mary felt and this delusion in a sense that that Judas felt. And what did Jesus say when Judas made this comment? The poor you will always have with you, but me you will not always have. Of course, he was referencing, foretelling that he would be crucified soon. But also, so how uncommon it is for a master to be among us in this world. It's very uncommon. So why was it that Mary was able to experience who he really was? And at least in the moment, Judas was not. There's an amusing story of these two dogs. Tom and Buddy, they were walking through this town, and they see this open door. And Tom, he goes in to investigate while Buddy, he waits outside. And Tom goes in to investigate. He comes out a few moments later. He's got his tail between his legs, and he's just terrified. And his friend Buddy said, what was in there? And Tom said, I, just, I saw all these, these angry dogs looking at me. And he ran out. And so Buddy, he's more courageous. He goes in, and he comes out a few moments later, and he's happy-go-lucky, and he's just hes just happy. And you know, what was the difference? What was going on? Well, it turns out it was a hall of mirrors. And our, our level of consciousness determines how we see the world. This past week was Inner Renewal Week, and if you got a chance to experience it, you realized how uplifted it was in everyone's talks. So thank you so much for what everyone gave, not just those who were giving the talks, but also those making it happen behind the scenes. But I had a very interesting experience this week because the talks here in California were at 10.30 uh, in the morning. But always before the talks, I was gripped with some sort of fear. And I didn't know where it came from. Sometimes I thought maybe it was from some experience or something in my mind of what could happen. Either way, it was a gripping fear. I was really in the body. And then the talk came. And it was as if that fear wasn't there at all. I was just lifted in the inspiration of what was happening. And you know, Jesus, or pardon me, Swami Kriyananda once said that he was going through a mood and he just decided he was going to sit down and he put his attention right here at the spiritual eye and with five minutes, within five minutes as if that mood was gone completely. He just lifted his consciousness to this point and that's really kind of this: what we can do when we have these moods that we're going in when we're just kind of locked in the body. But for those of us who I think everybody watching this is on the spiritual path, maybe even this path of self-realization. But how do we get this experience of our higher natures, even if we're not practicing meditation, or have received Kriya Yoga of of this path? Well, for so many people, it's being in nature. Maybe we're out in the the forest and we come upon a, a very calm mountain lake and this, that calmness just helps us remember intuitively the calmness of our souls. One of the things that I do is I work with Nyaswami Bharat, working with him leading Sherry nature trainings. And I was in China leading a Sherry nature training. And it was a five day experience. And it was, we created a little intentional community in these five days. It was like in this little village. And we're all very close together and there's so much joy throughout the 5 days and then at the end of the experience we were leading i was leading an activity called i am the mountain and i am the mountain is you're done it's done with a partner and people are trying to feel your 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 oneness with the trees and the the birds and the grasses etc and so all the participants at the end of this 5 day training were doing this exercise and there was this one young man, he was about 22 years old. He was, we were, everyone was sharing their experience afterwards. And he said, as I was doing this activity, I wasn't just seeing the sun's rays. And he said, with tears coming down his face, I became the sun's ray, the, the rays of the sun. And it was so touching for him. He, he was just lifted out of his body consciousness. And for those moments, he was just one with the sun's rays. And these experiences, while might be uncommon in many ways, there, we can have these more, these peak experiences, as, as Swami Bharat writes in his book. We can make these peak experiences, this kind of co- plateaus of constant inspiration. But just imagine. The, the feeling that those who are on Palm Sunday in the crowd must have felt, the upliftment that they must have felt. Maybe they heard Jesus speak earlier in his ministry. Maybe they just heard these rumblings here and there. You know, maybe they're just waiting for him to come to Jerusalem. And if we look at it from the, their perspective, from those people in the crowd, they're just like you and I in, that, in many ways, right? They. Maybe that week before Jesus on Palm Sunday, maybe they, they, they fought with their wife or their husband. Maybe they, were, um, maybe they had a clay pot and they were filling it with water and it broke. Maybe the tax collector came. But then, here comes Jesus into Jerusalem. And what did they do? Well, let me back up a moment. And, you know, Master Yogananda said that the, it was this Jesus coming into Jerusalem was symbolic. He said it was, his arrival symbolized the opening of the gates of devotion to receive the entrance of the Christ consciousness into the bodily temple. Isn't that so beautiful? And so here are these people, maybe they didn't realize the full nature of, of Christ as being king or the nature of his kingdom But still, intuitively, they just took their garments. They laid it out on the path where he was to arrive. They laid out the palm fronds, almost as if a red carpet for a king. And here comes Jesus. He's on a donkey with his humble disciples, not with gold cloak, but his gold was of an inner nature. And here he comes, And imagine you're in the crowd. You feel the magnetism of his love. Maybe he makes eye contact with you. And you just see from the rays of his love coming from his eyes, no judgment, only love. He doesn't look at our faults. He doesn't look at all the times that we think we screwed up. But in that moment, maybe the cork of their ignorance was just loosened and just that love could go into their consciousness. And how meaningful that must have been for people. But it's in that uplifted state. So Jesus said, you know, earlier in the Bible, just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so the son of man must be lifted up. And what I find that gives me so much joy of Yogananda's interpretation of these teachings, he takes these sayings such as, Jesus, Moses lifting up the serpent in the wilderness. I mean, what does that mean? If you take it literally, Moses was out in the wilderness, he sees a snake, he lifts it up, and he drops it. And then, you know, he moves on. But Yogananda said very clearly that that serpent in the wilderness is the energy in the base of our spine that we all have, the kundalini. And he said, just as Moses lifted up that serpent, the son of man must be lifted up. It's a, the spine is the universal highway to realize in Christ, to realize they are in oneness with all that is. And so these techniques on this path of Kriya Yoga, because Yogananda gave us a comprehensive path. It's not just the technique of Kriya Yoga. It's the energization exercises. It's the Om technique. It's our attitude. It's our constant self-offering. It's our devotion. Yogananda said that kundalini, this energy, serpent power at the base of the spine, which lifts us, which we need to lift to go beyond um, being the son of man into the son of God, this this is not just lifted by technique alone. Every time we have a positive thought, a positive attitude, we think expansively, we think for others, the kundalini rises. And isn't that beautiful? Because then then we can see how every experience that we have throughout our day, we have an opportunity to raise our consciousness. Every time something happens to us, and oh, why did this happen to me? We can say, yes, this is for my benefit, Kundalini rises. And that's what's so amazing about this, how Yogananda brought this path of self-realization in this comprehensive, holistic way, and how Swami Kriyananda help to creatively give us all these different ways that we can... At Ananda, no separation should exist between our daily demands and our spiritual priorities. We can make them one. And in that sense, we can practice, have our spiritual practice throughout the entirety of our day, and not just something we do in the beginning of our day, and something we do maybe at the end of our night. But it's it's just a fully integrated flow, because and we really need to do this because we have so much karma, that these little piece, these little threads, that kind of bind us to the body. And to and we we think, oh gosh, you know, I, I screwed up, or I'm not worthy, you know, or we just we our minds just go all these different directions. I'm feeling low about myself. I screwed up. And we just have this that pulls us down. This Maya pulls us down. All these different threads, but our meditation, our self-offering, our devotion, the music—music music lifts us. What is the environment that we're, we're doing? There's a reason that you know we're, we're Swami and Ananda, and just we're just trying to keep our, envi- our environment is so much so strong. And the more, the, all these different threads we have in our lives, so it's not just, oh, I'll practice Kriya Yoga, but we, our whole life is, is, is a sadhana. But all these different threads are like threads of grace that pull us up and lift us, lift that energy up our spine, lift us, that son of man consciousness, and just lifts it upwards. Yogananda, when he was in um, the 1920s and 1930s here in America he was doing his spiritual campaigns across the country several times there was even one time he had a a house car that he would be traveling in and sleeping in and he was talking before thousands of people and one time in Carnegie Hall he was uh, had everybody singing uh, his chant well actually wasn't his chant it was a chant of Guru Nanak, Oh God Beautiful. And he had everyone singing this chant for over one hour. And he said many people went into a state of ecstasy. They were just uplifted in that state. And after his, everyone was chanting and after he was done with his lecture, he went back to his interview room and he said there was a man who just flung open the door emotionally and he had his revolver and he slammed it down onto the table and he said, look what you've done to me. I can't go back to that way of life anymore. And that's exactly right. Because the most important thread of grace that we have is the guru's grace. And look what he can do to us when we're open and ready, ready to receive him. He can transform and transmute all of those things in our lives that we think are, that hold us down. And it is the Guru's grace, the Guru's techniques, that just lift us up. So that when, just as Jesus was coming into the gates, and everyone was singing Hosanna, the more we just open ourselves to God and Guru's grace and all that we do, inwardly we'll be singing Hosanna. And we'll be just lifted up into his arms of love. (laughs)
2: I'm <laughs>